0: Pass. Hitting seven yards, Brees, there's Touchdown, and there's a the record! That's unbelievable. Drew Brees in rare air! Hartley sends the Saints to the Super Bowl! What's going on guys? Welcome back inside yet another episode of Big Easy in the Big Apple and the Saints were able to win their second straight game a close one a nerve-wracking one against the Panthers where it literally came down to the wire where Will Lutz had to kick a 33-yard field goal I believe it was for the win um, definitely one that had fans scratching their heads and, and it's one of those wins where you don't really feel that great about it although I'll say this a win's a win you take it anyway you can get it the Saints are nine and two by, now, I'm recording this before the Sunday night game, but at the end of the Sunday night game, regardless of who wins, the Saints will be the two seed in the NFC. So that's a good feeling. You'd get a buy in that sense and you have five more games to make your case. Um, So I I think they're in a really good spot and I don't think they've played their best football yet, but there's still a lot of improvements that need to be made. I'm going to get to all your questions later on in the show. And I'm also from now going to give my preview and prediction for the Falcons game because reality is that's only in four days, three days by the time you hear this on Monday morning. So it's coming up really quick but we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's talk about the Saints Panthers game. What went down? And the first thing that sticks out to me, and I need to discuss this, it's sloppy turnovers um, and, and mistakes that just turn into penalty yardage that just keep going and piling up on this team. And here's what I look down to three penalties on the Panthers. How many for the Saints 12 that can't happen. There's just such a big gap between the two teams and the Saints aren't You know, they're not historically known for being undisciplined. So the fact that this is going on is actually a little bit concerning. And that's probably my biggest concern for this Saints team is they can't, in a playoff game, commit that many penalties and get away with it. Eventually, you just shoot yourself in the foot too many times that it's going to cost you. So I think that's something that definitely needs to be addressed. Second thing, the defense. Um, You know, I've been praising that unit for a while. I thought they played exceptionally well last week. For some reason, they can't figure out Kyle Allen. Now, the good thing is, and here's the only positive, outside of Week 17, you're not going to face another player of Christian McCaffrey's caliber. And I'm talking about a guy who's so shifty, so creative with what he can do. Um, He'll make you miss in the open field. He'll truck through you if he needs to. He's going to beat you in the run. He's going to beat you in the passing game. The Saints don't have to go up against a guy of his caliber, which is good. Um, Now, I know Tevin Coleman of the Niners is good. Aaron Jones of the Packers is very good. We know Zeke's very good. McCaffrey, though, is better than all those guys. He's shifty, and he's really tough to cover. You can't put a linebacker on him. You can't put a safety, Um, and he, he just causes so many mismatch problems for the Saints. So defensively, a lot of work to be done on that side of the football, but I think once they get Lattimore back, we're going to see a lot of those weaknesses go away because if you think about it, the Pan- the Panthers got back into this game because of the mistake of P.J. Williams. I've defended P.J. Williams a lot. I still think he's a valuable asset to this defense in the nickel situation, but on the outside, he is definitely um, a weakness for this team. And the Panthers attacked it with DJ Moore. And when the Saints are up 14-0, it kind of seemed like momentum was on their side. They'll get rolling. And he gives up the big play to DJ. And it's 14-6. to Joey Sly missed the extra point. He missed one later. And he also missed a field goal at the end of the game. So, rough game for Joey Sly. But that really changed the momentum. So, that's something to address. Now, I'll talk about the defense later on because I know you guys are going to ask questions that I will talk about in the second half of the show. But what I want to talk about is Drew Brees and this offense. There still wasn't enough diversity. 39 passes, only 18 runs. I'm going to say this real quick, though. When you're in a two-minute drill and you're tied and you're trying to get in a position for a game-winning field goal, you're not even considering running the football. So the numbers did go up a little bit more because of that. I think you had about like six passing attempts compared to one run on that play. So that definitely juices up the numbers in the passing game's favor. But we need to see them run the football more. Latavius Murray had nine yards of carry. 64 yards rushing on seven attempts for one with one rushing yard added to that. Saints got to get him involved more. I don't know what Sean Payton's doing there. You know what you have in Murray. It's pretty clear that he's a capable back, and him and Kamara have been feeding off each other pretty well the last couple weeks. Continue and and give them more usage. I think that's something the Saints are going to have to do, especially on a short week against Atlanta, and I'll talk about that later on. they got to use their running backs against the Falcons on Thursday. But what about Drew Brees? What can't be said? I know he made a mistake on that interception. It was a dumb throw. Um, but I thought this was Drew's best game of the season. I I thought it was. I thought he was efficient in the first half. I thought, you know, we would have had four touchdown passes from him if Ted Ginn doesn't drop that deep ball. Um, And I don't know how many more times the Saints can use Ted Ginn in that package and convince themselves that he's going to be a player for them. He's not. So whenever, whenever Keith Kirkwood's ready to play, if he is ready to play at any point in this season, Gotta plug him in there because Ted Ginn Jr. can't you can't have him in there and afford for him to drop a deep ball in the playoffs or an important moment later in this season when something's on the line that's much more important than what today you know really had at stake. There wasn't much at stake. Um there will be as the season goes on. You can't have Ted Ginn dropping touchdowns like that. And Drew Brees threw a beautiful ball on the left side of the field. So for him to drop that really hurt this team. But what I loved about Drew the most is that he did throw that pick, and it was a stupid decision on his part. And the running game. They didn't use it enough, and, and that's probably part of his fault too. But with two minutes left, it, there's some type of calming effect. When Drew's got the ball at two minutes, yeah, I mean I'll be nervous if, if Lutz is going up there to kick a game-winning field goal, but before that, it's never there are never nerves. You, you trust Drew Brees to get your team in a spot where you think you're going to have a chance to win that game. Um, it doesn't matter if you're facing like a second and 16 early and he throws a nice ball to Michael Thomas. Then he throws another nice ball to Michael Thomas on the back shoulder on the right side. Um, and then hit Kamara on that screen. Drew Brees just keeps moving the chains. Um, and in a two-minute situation, it's hard to find a quarterback better than him, uh, maybe outside of Tom Brady or what he's done in his career. But I thought Drew played great. I thought the offense, albeit, should be a little bit more balanced. When the game was on the line, they did their job. And 34 points is not too shabby. That's a good mark for your team. You'll want to cut down on giving up 31. But 34 is definitely a good mark for the Saints. Now, I talked about Ted Ginn struggling. As Ted Ginn continues to decline... Jared Cook continues to ascend. We're talking about a player who is really heating up, and this was his best game as a member of the New Orleans Saints. Six receptions for 99 yards and a touchdown, eight targets from Drew Brees. What does that tell you? Drew Brees trusts him. And if you watch the location on Drew Brees, throws to him most of the time, they're up high where only Jared Cook can get them. That speaks volumes to me. I think that Drew Brees knows what he has in number 87. He's got a big athletic tight end that can make plays for him in the red zone. Um, And I think that's going to help the red zone offense of the saints last two weeks, a lot better than they usually are. And I think that has to do a lot with having Jared cook being a viable option in the passing game. And I think he's only going to continue to grow. I've said it from week one. I said, trust Jared cook. And even when he was struggling, I told you guys just stick with it. Cause he's a good football player and he's probably the best tight end they've had since Jimmy Graham. And they have some similar attributes there where you could throw it up high and he'll come down with it. So I really love what Jared Cook's been doing. He's up to four touchdowns on the season. He's really starting to progress in this offense. That's four straight games of him playing where he scores a touchdown. I really love what Cook's doing. Um, Now, on the downside, St. Floss to Ron Armstead's an ankle injury. That's going to be a question um, as to how long he's out. I'll say this. I want to keep my fingers crossed and say it's not a season-ending injury because he did – granted need to help. He did walk off the field and it was questionable return. It's not like they immediately ruled him out. Um, I, I don't think he plays on Thursday. I think it's just too quick of a turnaround for him to play. And I thought Omame played all right where the Saints can for a week, maybe get it off. And then he gets about two weeks almost to prepare for the 49ers. So I think that's a maybe enough time depending on what the severity of his issue is, but it's definitely a concern. And at the very least the Saints need him for the playoffs. I, if you can get him back, For the postseason, you'll be in very good shape. But unfortunately, yet again, Teron Armstead goes down to an injury. When we come back, we're going to answer those questions that you guys left for me on Twitter involving the Saints. And I'll also give my preview and prediction for Saints-Falcons so you don't want to miss it. So all that coming up right after this message. And we're back inside Big Easy in the Big Apple. Once again, it's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Now let's go to those questions you left on Twitter um, and let's go through them. First one, Matt asked, what happened to the defense today? Allen looked like a pro bowler. Here's the reality. Your defense is always due for a couple of bad games. um, And this is one of them. They've struggled to figure out Kyle Allen. they are also struggled to figure out Christian McCaffrey. But every defense, for the most part, has struggled to figure out Christian McCaffrey. And I think the weakness of this defense is going up against... Uh, offenses like Carolina where everything's misdirection. There's no natural, you know, uh, uh, you know you're know, you not facing a West Coast offense. You're not necessarily facing a read option offense or an offense that's just typical ground and pound, smash mouth, go down the middle. You're going up against an offense that wants to get you from side to side, a lot of end arounds, a lot of uh, pitch plays. A couple of uh, RPOs as well. This Carolina offense, it's all about movement. Um, and I think that really did throw off the Saints. Another thing real quick on that, besides them struggling to figure out that Panthers offense, you don't have Lattimore, and you got exposed on that today. They didn't get exposed on it against Tampa Bay, but they got exposed um, in this game against Carolina. Not having Lattimore was a big loss for this Saints defense. Um, next up, again, what happened to the D? I'm just going to reiterate what I said. Couldn't figure out McCaffrey. Offense struggled. Uh, defense struggled against the way that the uh, Panthers were using end, to mis- ender- end arounds and misdirection. Excuse me. And that really did help. Now, Tyler asked, and this was pretty funny. If you could decide between an axe, a crossbow, and a knife to pursue the refs that screwed the Saints tonight. Which would you choose? Uh, I'm going to go with a, probably – you know what? I'm going to go with an axe. Big Thor guy. well love the weapon he's got. It's kind of like an axe. I'll, I'll go with an axe against the refs, but the refs really have been an issue, and that, that's something that I'll talk about right after this. Um, but that's a pretty good question, Tyler. I can't help but laugh at that. Um, next one, question about the O-line. Are you concerned, and who was my MVP of the game? Um, concerned about the O-line, I'm going to say – no, I'm not. I'm not that concerned. I think I'm concerned if Armstead's out for the season. That obviously is a concern. But if you're telling me Armstead's out for like two, three weeks, I'm not that concerned because the end game is getting the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl. And if Armstead's there for the playoffs, you have a better shot of getting the Super Bowl. That's how it works. So I'm not going to be too concerned again yet. After as for MVP, you know what? I'm going to say I'm going to say Michael Thomas. I, I, I thought about Drew Brees. I thought about Marcus Davenport, who had a really good fourth quarter. Um, I'm gonna go with the guy who every single week steps up, he shows out, and he doesn't stop ball. And that's Michael Thomas, 10 receptions for 101 and a touchdown. And he was big on that last drive for the Saints. Big yard, a big catch for like 15 yards on the second play. Then he had the deep ball around the 40 and got out of bounds, which is a smart heads up play by him as well. I love what Michael Thomas is doing. That is my MVP of the game. Ed asked, what's the status of Toronto Armstead? Ed, we just all waiting. That's the problem. Um, still not sure what's going on with Armstead, but hopefully. Uh, he'll be back soon enough. Uh, next question. Didn't see the game. Why couldn't we stop their offense? What part of the offense couldn't we stop? And how could we fix that problem? I'm going to be honest. I don't think it's something that's going to plague the saints that much moving forward. It plagues the saints. If you don't have Marshawn Lattimore the rest of the year, but that's not the case right now. You're going to get him back either Thursday or the 49er game. You're going to get him back very soon. How do you fix that problem? You're not going to face an offense like Carolina's again, until you face them in week 17 and with the way this is going, Carolina won't be in the playoffs, so you wouldn't have to face them in the playoffs either. So I think that, yes, it was a tough game for the defense, but they'll shake back. They always have. They always will. Um, and I think they will. I think it was just a bad game. It happens. Um, and there was a lot of times where they just couldn't uh, stop shooting themselves in the foot. For example, you got back-to-back sacks, and Cameron Jordan gets flagged for roughing the passer, I think it was, or not unnecessary roughness. It gives them his fresh shut of downs. When it was about to be fourth down, they were going to punt. So stuff like that, where if the defense doesn't make that mistake, the scoreboard doesn't look as inflated as it was. What's your opinion on Drew throwing more deep balls? Is it good he's being aggressive or should be worried about fatigue later on this season? I'm not worried about fatigue at all. Drew missed five games this year. That's five less games on his body. Now, I know his thumb technically would be injured and that goes against it. That's not the case, though. His arm and his shoulder will be a little bit more fresh than it was last year. And his body overall wouldn't have taken the hits that he did last year. And in terms of taking deep shots, Drew took all the right deep shots. The one to Ted Ginn needs to be caught, and it was a beautiful throw. And then the second one, I caught this because I was listening to what Tony Romo said, and he was very accurate about it, as usual. Drew had Ted Ginn wide open, and he threw it, towards the outside because he didn't trust Ted Ginn throwing to the inside that he was going to come up with it or maybe bobbled and turned into interception so I actually like that Drew threw the deep ball they haven't had a lot of explosive plays Drew had the shots His guy was open you just end up missing and you don't convert the execution wasn't there but the idea was the right one next up Adam writes what the F did I just watch why is Sean Payton ignoring the run game in the second half or run the ball well and then it disappeared seems like he's solely relying on Drew yeah, Adam, I agree. I, I can't tell you. I can't say for the life of me why the Saints won't run the football more and why they won't run it the right way. When it's short yardage, use Murray. When you're in third and long and you need a you know receiving play, use Kamara. And when you're in early down situations, you want them to run to the outside, use AK as well. I don't get it. Never will. Sean Payton's got to fix that up. Next up, Hayden asks, is Sean Payton going to do anything about these penalties? Ah. Uh. What can you do? The only thing you can fix, really, are the hands of the face. That's teaching. That's technique. That's on coaching. Dennis Allen has to get those boys cleaned up. And so does Ryan Nielsen, the D-line coach. That's on his guys. He's got to coach them up a little bit better. Nielsen's been a really good coach for the Saints. Got to tone it down a little bit on those penalties. Um, but I think the Saints, the other penalties are just total BS. I, I really do. The, the hands of the face, they'll beat you. The offensive holding, those will beat you down. But the, the ticky-tack OPIs that were getting called Just total horseshit. if I'm going to put it frankly. Uh, Adam asks, what exactly is the issue holding the Saints back from exploding? Um, It's themselves. The Saints have yet to play their best football game. Drew knows it. We all know it. Um, And a lot of it is, like I said, self-inflicted wounds that have really hurt this team. And you hope that they can get through that um, before the end of the season. Or else you're going to go into the playoffs with a whole bunch of unknown and nobody wants to deal with that um, next up, we have what do the Saints? Why do the Saints keep giving Kamara the ball on fourth and one when you have Murray? Um, I don't know, I, I can't answer that question for you. I, I, for the life of me, I won't get it. I think Kamara right now does not look like himself. I don't know if it's a mental thing or uh, just a, a health thing, but it's not looking like himself. Gotta give Murray the ball in short yardage situations. And the last question when is Marshawn coming back? I'm gonna say Thursday. I think he plays on Thursday. Um, if he doesn't have a setback, I think he's ready to play. If not, against 49ers in two weeks from now, which is still pretty fine, if you ask me. But uh, he will be back soon enough. Now that's going to do for the questions. Let's switch it over to Saints-Falcons preview, uh, and let's talk about matchups, which I do every week um, with this team. Now, first one, Lattimore versus Julio, and that's a question mark, because is Lattimore going to play? Before Lattimore got injured, he was locking up Julio. He had a big hit on him, just played really physical football. You love to see it, Um, and he's always been – up to the challenge. Julio's beat him a lot of times, but he's always been up to the challenge. So I like Lattimore and Julio in that matchup. It's one that can determine the game. If Lattimore gets the best of him, you really limit that Falcons offense. Vice versa, where it's like, if Julio Jones plays well, Saints defense is in trouble because he really could open up that secondary if he's attacking Lattimore and he's beating him on deep plays and just on third down situations. Now, my next matchup, and I think it's an important one, I highlighted it last time the Saints played the Falcons, Eric McCoy versus Grady Jarrett. Eric McCoy's been a really good rookie. Uh, The Saints couldn't ask for anyone better to fill in for Max Unger after he retires. I think he's been great. The one bad game he had was against Atlanta. The whole offensive line struggled. Eric McCoy struggled a lot, and a lot of it was against Grady Jarrett, a really good defensive tackle that Atlanta has. They paid him a lot this offseason. He's from Clemson, really good player. He's the top defensive lineman for me on Atlanta. He's the most consistent. Uh, If Grady Jarrett has another big game that could spell trouble for the New Orleans Saints, but I really think that we'll see McCoy um, step back and attack Grady Jarrett a little bit better this time. Last time, it was a struggle for him. But like I said, you had Armstead, who was six, so he was getting beat by Vic Beasley. Even Ramchek didn't play his best football that day. So it was just an off day. I think you could throw the script out for that one and just you know burn the tape and take this as their first meeting if you're the New Orleans Saints. I think McCoy can and will bounce back against Grady Jarrett. And one matchup that I'm really looking forward to seeing... Deion Jones versus Alvin Kamara. We're all waiting for Alvin Kamara to just explode and have that 150-plus yard uh, scrimmage yard game where he just dominates and has multiple touchdowns, and he is just a wrecking ball. And it hasn't happened yet. He was really good against Houston. He was really good against Seattle, and he was pretty good against Tampa Bay, I'd say. I thought he was pretty good. But, you know, it hasn't been consistent. And this Saints team, they want to get to where they need to go. 41 needs to be great. And he's a really good player. He's a special player. One of the best backs in football. Give us consistency. We all know what he's capable of, but can he do it on a consistent basis? He hasn't been able to, at this point, Thursday has to be the game. Kamari didn't have that much usage this past game against uh, Carolina. He should be relatively fresh. The Saints are going to need everything they get from him. And if he can beat Deion Jones in third downs on those option routes, and if he can beat Deion Jones on, on angle routes, I think the Saints have a chance of blowing the doors off Atlanta. But they're going to need Alvin Kamara to play very well, and we'll see if that happens. But obviously that game is going to come down a lot more factors than just those three matchups. It's going to come down to quarterback play, who has the less? Uh, who has the least mistakes. Matt Ryan's been turnover prone this year, but Drew's also been a little turnover prone this year with interceptions, um, which is not something new. Drew does that a lot. But that's going to be an important part of this game. And time of possession, I can't say it enough. When Atlanta beat the Saints two, uh, three weeks ago, excuse me, A lot of it was because of time possession. Atlanta just dominated the clock. They ran the football well, and they said we are not going to let this Drew Brees offense do what they want to do. And when that happened, the Saints abandoned the run, and they went away from everything that was working up to that point. That can't happen. Can't happen. Saints' D-line needs to step up. Considering that the Saints played bad against the Falcons the first time on defense, and they played pretty poorly today against the Panthers, I think the defense is going to be highly motivated to shut down the Falcons. Whether they could do it is a different story. But they're going to be highly motivated to make a statement on Thanksgiving, get them to 10 wins, lock up the NFC South, and look forward to possibly being the 1C when it's all said and done by the end of next weekend. That's what's at stake. That is really what's at stake with this game for the Saints. A lot. Um, And they know it. They got a lot more to lose in Atlanta. Atlanta's playing free. But Atlanta, their little hot streak just ended this Sunday against Tampa Bay. So maybe that will cool down the momentum there. The crowd is not going to be a factor, in my opinion. Saw the game today. It was empty in Atlanta. I think there will be more Saints fans and Falcons fans on Thanksgiving. So they'll have a little bit of home support there. Um, that's not going to be an issue. So, like I said, time of possession, which quarterback's going to avoid the turnovers, um, and which defense is going to step up in the running game. Those are going to be key factors. For that one, but you're gonna get a little bit of everything. Two of the best quarterbacks in football, two of the best wide receivers, in my opinion, the two best wide receivers, a couple of good running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and you got some nice defensive players like Demario Davis, Deion Jones, Cameron Jordan, and Grady Jarrett. So it's gonna be a fun one. Um, I think the Saints ultimately are going to win 24 to 20. I think it's gonna be close, it's gonna come down to the wire because what's a Saints game without coming without it coming down to the wire and giving everyone a heart attack? Um, but I think it's gonna be close. Saints win in a tight one, 24 to 20 get revenge on Atlanta, and let everyone enjoy their Thanksgiving. But that's my prediction for that one, guys. So that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you guys so much for listening as always. Stay tuned for more content, which will be right after the Saints-Falcons game. I'll have a recap coming up later this upcoming week. But anyway, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Stay tuned for another episode, and I hope you guys all have a very happy Thanksgiving.